Hello and welcome to yet another sit and talk. What, what week is this now, Deacon? <laughs> <laughs> you're asking. I, I, I don't know what day it is. You can't. You're asking yeah, me to on top of how many weeks we've been doing this. You got no chance, mate. You've got I've absolutely up. no chance. You're, you've got better chances of me predicting the national lottery tickets this Saturday. I'll yeah, find you up after the show. Do you this. Got it. <laughs> you got it, mate. You got it. How you been anyway this week? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, much better than I was last week, obviously, with the eye and everything. The eye is pretty much mm. back to normal now. So that's good. Uh, the yeah. bloodshot eye. So that's good. Um, but uh, apart from that, how's your phone? Oh, mate. Drama. <laughs> I just didn't need it, mate. Just at the wrong time as well. First world uh, problem, eh? Oh, yeah. Mobile it's, phone it's, isn't look, working. It's back. It's back, it's back in the to... game. So is it an iPhone, yeah? Yeah. So yeah. did you have to get it repaired? Yeah. Right, okay. Did, I went where did you go the, to get this repaired? Uh, local shop in Haver's Heath, obviously. Oh, uh, okay. Open, but you had to put the dispense the phone into this little container. Oh, yeah. And then yeah, they yeah. took it five minutes later. Uh, but 60 quid down the line, it's just it's oh, good I to just, have it back. Well, the fact that your phone's backing up and running makes 60 quid nothing. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. You know, tell it's me better about than, it. Better than having to buy a brand new phone or whatever. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But last week we had um, Marvin Sordell. That went really, really well. We did. We had Marvin Sordell. He's an absolute legend. And I'm very I'm very much looking forward to seeing his next production on 180. Um, mm-hmm. that he's going to be doing a real, a real behind-the-scenes look into problems, actual problems that footballers face. Um, and they're going to be so open about it that they're going to be doing it with their, 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 their voices distorted uh, and their faces uh, sort of covered in, like in a in darkened room. So you don't know who they are, so you can't tell who they are. And they're going to be talking about everything from racism to bullying uh, to uh, homophobia and everything under the sun. So it's going to be, I'm, I'm extremely looking forward to that. That's going to be a real eye-opener for sure. Um, Definitely one of the nicest guys we've Oh, we've and, and what, what a guy. He was so honest. open and candid with everything that he went through, obviously, when he was uh, when he was a young man. I say young man, he's 29. Yeah, he's yeah, a yeah, young he's... man. Um, but, the, but, he's, so. but he's but he's very mature and he's got a wise head on his shoulders. You can see he's you know he's he's got on, he's got an old his mind anyway. He's got an older very quickly. It, it yeah, would, definitely. And this week we've got we've got some equally as important guests. Oh, exactly. This week, um, obviously, if you're watching on Facebook, please share. If you are watching on YouTube, please subscribe. You know, it does does mean a lot to us. You know, we we walk up and down the country, and obviously. During lockdown, we can't walk up and down, but we've got big things planned and everybody's welcome along, man. You know, we're here to open up the conversation with men's mental health. And I think without further ado, we've got to introduce our guests who are our three very, very good friends of mine um, that we've, we've that have walked with us. Uh, need no reintroduction to many of the walkers, but to me, uh, well, to everybody else, we're going to have to introduce them. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce a Dave Norris, a Palace fan that walked with us on our first Fulham to Palace. Um, hello, David. How are you? Chaps, very good. Thanks. Yeah, you well? Yeah, not bad, mate. I can't. I can't complain. I can't complain. Dave, Dave walked with us from Fulham to Palace. When? When was that? Was in February, wasn't it? February Last year. One. So I think people won't recognise me without hat, scarf, gloves. Mate, that was that was crazy. That was that was unbelievable. And equally, who was on that that walk was a very very good friend of mine, someone I close very dear to my heart. Um, it's uh, Andrew. Andrew, how are you, sir? 
Andrew? Andrew? He looks like he's sitting in a Swedish sauna. Yeah. Is it this man cave? <laughs> yeah, very good. Thanks, Lee. Thanks for inviting me on the show. No problem whatsoever. Obviously, talking to Dave. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? I think we've got a bit of a delay with him. A little bit of a delay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Can you not hear me? This is like one of those live uh, live things on television when they're doing the news and they're just going, yes, yes. <laughs> I've got you. Um, obviously, Dave and Andrew both walked the Fulham to Palace walk, which was, again, in February. We're going to hit on that quite hard in this episode. We've also got another good friend of ours who is Mr. Redding himself. Well, it's not Johnny Hunt, but it's Sean. Sean, how are you, sir? Evening, guys. Um, how are you doing? That, that felt like a bit of a, like a, a Euro... Um, What's that? What's that called? Um, oh, Eurovision. Eurovision. Yeah, that was like, hello, you guys. Did what? <laughs> <laughs> I to Liechtenstein. I do not watch that, so it's no imitation. You lied. You lied. You were texting me in heartache during this lockdown. It ain't on. You were texting me. I was like, I've got I cannot text you that. You threw your phone away. That's true. To be fair, he's completely right. <laughs> you did. You did throw your phone away. Yeah, I'm not going to deny it. I'm not going to deny it. So <laughs> I, I, think, I think what we need to do is kind of open up the conversation. Um, regarding the walks we've done, obviously all well, all, four, well, all five of us have experienced a walk and talk of some description. Um, I just kind of want to go around really uh, and ask Dave, Sean and Andrew how they felt, why they walked with us and what they've gained out of it. So Without further ado, I, th I think I think first and foremost, actually, how did you find out about Walk and Talk? What what made you look, or if you did, because you know when you subconsciously look for something, what made you look for it? Because I was always looking for something like this, so I, I don't know if that's similar to you guys. Well, I think for me, like there's something very important in my life, which is searching every single Twitter feed possible for CPFC hashtag. So I came across it from um, just a tweet that came out. Um, I hadn't long gone through depression and it just really resonated with me. So I thought, why not love football? Um, the cause are very much fascinated with and just want to help people. So it came along and absolutely loved it. So it was brilliant. Um, well, that's, that's how we... I think that's from Matt. I think that's maybe from no, that's the delay. I think that's the delay. Yeah. Is... I'm not too sure Andrew's on this link, to come on this. I don't think he is. I think his camera's... Yeah. Yeah, there's a massive delay. Yeah. Um, okay, guys, if you want, I'll, I'll jump on. Thank um, you. Sure. Yeah. Um, Ultimately, I actually got involved through, as you called him earlier, Mr. Redden himself, Johnny Hunt. Um, been chatting to him a few times on Twitter um, over the last couple of years. Um, and he posted up this about this crazy idea of walking from Fulham to Reading. Um, thought 40 miles, easy, piece of cake, same challenging, but doable. Um, got time off work, signed up. And uh, for me, it was just something I've always sort of been involved with people with mental health. Um, went through it a long time ago with myself. Um, 
and just try and help out where possible. Um, and just the idea that Lee had of having football and mental health come together fitted both parts of uh, the puzzle, really. Okay, I think we lost um, Andrew yeah. during that. No worries. Dick. Uh, um, so yeah, um, pretty much the same thing that the, uh, the 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 boys were saying in regards to you kind of you kind of uh, passively look for it, and uh, I was always looking for something that meant something to me in regards to supporting uh, you know mental health. I as I say, I always call it the invisible illness because. You know, if you see someone with a broken arm, you can empathise with them and go, oh, you're obviously going through some hardship because you've got a broken arm. Um, let me sign your cast, blah, 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 and we'll move on from that. But when it comes to uh, if you're going through some depression or some severe anxiety, uh, nobody knows that unless you, you physically tell them. But not a lot of people want to hear it because, you know, mental health is a, is a massive taboo subject, especially uh, around, uh, around men. So uh, any way that we can try and open the door and get people talking about it. And obviously walk and talk is a fantastic way of doing that. Uh, and sit and talk whilst we're doing the quarantine is an equally fantastic way of doing it, considering the restrictions that we've got. Then I, and then I, uh, then I totally, uh, you know, totally on board with all of that. But yeah, you know, going on Twitter, you know, scrolling through everything, trying to look for something. That's exactly what happened. I just looked through it. I think somebody may have retweeted something and I spotted it and was like, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. Uh, I, I think, yeah. So if I jump in on that one, Lee. Yeah, go for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's just a real calling for me. Just seeing that tweet because I, for me, when you have been through something like this, you realise your own deficiencies. And my deficiency was I was too proud. I didn't want to have that conversation. I didn't want to tell people I was struggling. And no one ever really, my closest friends, even though I knew they were there to help never asked me that second question they said how are you doing i'd say fine but no one really said how are you really doing and yes. i kind of felt i learned a lot from that and that's why i thought joining the piece of football and the talk together where football's my escapism from the real world and being able to have that chat where i could maybe offer someone that second question like that for me was just a chance i didn't want to miss I, I, I think using football as a tool to open up the conversation regarding men's mental health is very, very vital. Um, having come up with the idea to do this, it's just been something that's changed me. And like I said, um, I'm, I'm getting real bad distortion here. I think it's just coming from, weirdly enough, I think it's just coming from yourself. But I don't know why. It's just all of a sudden happened. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Okay, you, you do not carry on. I'm going to put myself out for a bit. All right. In regards to what you were saying, in regards to what you were saying, Dave, um, in regards to the two crowd thing, I'm very much on board with that as well. In regards to, I don't like to try and use the B word, depression. I was taught from a very young age that that's kind of a cop out. An easy way out, an easy way of saying you're going through hardship, saying that you're depressed. It's like, oh, well, then try and do something about it. And it's like, well, you know, that's like you saying turning off, switching off thoughts or feelings or anything. It's pretty difficult to do. So I was always taught that depression was sort of a cop-out mechanism. 
which is really, really frustrating. But you're completely right. There's a lot of times when people go, and people joke about it all the time because they know it's true, where they go, oh, how are you? And they're like, I'm fine. No one really gives a crap about the answer. It's like a, it's like a man, it's like um, a verbal handshake. Exactly. A handshake means you, you kind of, you, you're, you're, it's, it's autonomous. You do a handshake, you ask, how are you, as an autonomous question. It's, it, it's, 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 a, it's a question that comes across um, rhetorical. And a question that people don't really want to hear the answer to. Yeah, and they, they Dave, yeah. can I quickly jump in? Dave, mm, yeah. can you put some headphones in quickly? Is that because I, I feel everybody else? Good shout. I think there's mass distortion. I've just listened to it on another. Sorry, people. I really do apologize. Super profesh. And I don't think Sean's moved at all. Is it a statue <laughs> or what? <laughs> hey, he moves. Hey. That's your daily exercise done there, son. Yeah. Well, don't no. push it too far. As I was saying, you know, coming up with this idea, it's something so simple, yet something so very, very powerful. Uh, the powers that be, be that football, can change and save so many people's lives. You know, we at the end of the day, we're just there. You go. That sounds so much better. Yes. Yes. Great success. Great yes. success. It was Dave all along. Ten, was... ten lashes. Ten lashes, Dave. That's the rules. That's the rules. That's Dave's to blame for that one. I'm going to put Andrew in the conversation again. I'm really sorry about this, people. It's a bit weird. Hello, Andrew. Sorry, pal. Are you with us? Oh, guys, no, I can hear you perfectly this time. I don't know what was going on. Just a lot of. I we're blaming Dave for it. <laughs> mm, I, I think, think it might Dave have been me. Now. I don't know. Dave, can you hear us? Are you all good? <laughs> he didn't hear my lashes joke. I feel like I, I felt like it fell on his ass. I was like, oh, no, a good joke. God damn it. That's not good. Never yes. mind. David, we lost you. Yeah, I'm back now. Can you hear me okay? Perfect. Perfect. Love, Love it. it. Perfect. So Andrew, we were just asking everybody um why they got involved in walk and talk, what they've um gained from it, and will they ever do it again? And what possesses okay. you to walk and talk um i think if my memory is correct i was on on the way to an away game at uh, wolves then must have been the second or third of january last year and i saw a, a tweet from one of my mates at palace paul price talking about joining up with Yuli and walking from craven cottage to Sellhurst. um i'd met paul and a few other people doing um, a marathon march for the Palace for Life Foundation for the last two, three years. So we all knew we could walk it, and we'd had a, a bit of a laugh doing those walks. Um, and so I was more than happy to put my name down and, and join in. And then since then, we did um, Palace to Arsenal, uh, where you joined us in the uh, the Palace assembly, and we had a, a great old day. We then had the um, Palace to Dulwich Hamlet, which uh, we had... Jake dressed up as an eagle collecting money. A chicken. And it, well, it was an eagle. It wasn't a chicken. <laughs> and then again, the uh, the Arsenal won again this season. Um, all of which have been great fun. I think the numbers have increased um, as we've gone along. Um, and I suppose for me, the first time I, I took part, I was very happy to listen to people, but I didn't really, really have the right answers or perhaps the right follow-on questions. And 
I didn't feel that I was adding enough just listening. Now, I know it, it's an important thing to be a, an ear for somebody to talk to, but I've really taken a lot of, well, pleasure and pride from doing these walks. And, and I know you know, Lee, that earlier this year I did a, a, a mental health first aid course, which was just an incredible couple of days. Um, and really it wouldn't have happened without meeting you and, and your band of Fulham fans on that first walk just over a year ago. So it's had a really positive impact and I haven't yet had to put anything into practice, but I've learned so much more. Uh, I feel not a lot more confident, but I, I know I can listen to people and have probably the right questions to ask or at least know where they should go for to receive proper help. Um, because obviously I'm not trained to give help, um, but give some advice and at least be a, a sounding board for people. No, that's wonderful. I, I remember you telling me um, that you were thinking about doing this this, this course uh, fully behind you. Uh, I, I literally take my hat off to you. I would do, but you'd see some dodgy hair. But um, <laughs> said the bald people in the room. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, 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 I take I, I take my hat off to you, and it really hit home to me. I think that someone going out and using their initiative to to do something so positive really woke me up to the cause a lot more as well. You know, um, it's all good walking and doing that, but it's the after stuff that people don't see. You know, helping each other. You know. Granted, we're not all trained, but having an understanding, and we, we bang on about the word empathy, having an understanding and being there for each other really massively goes a long way. For me, when I was going through through my crazy time, I think all I needed was someone just put an arm around me and just tell me that everything's going to be okay and be by my side and help me through things. And, you know, I, I think I want to push that agenda so much that hence the reason why walk and talk has, has come about and be there for each other you know mental health has no colors it, like we're all here today um palace shirt red and shirt palace shirt god knows what shirt deacon's wearing and a full shirt and you know it's just the power of football is so so powerful and we the fans are so powerful i think together we can literally save save lives and be a positive in what is still seen as a very negative sport with football violence and um, anything that goes that goes with that. You know, people do look upon football fans as um, hooligans and people that are non-educated and especially mass gatherings <clears throat> of football fans and opposing well, yeah. ones as well. Because that's what I got when I did the Arsenal Crystal Palace from Selhurst to the Emirates. You kind of get that. You get those looks from people. And people going, you know, why are there two lots of fans sort of walking together? That's a bit weird. It's that Hollywood I uh, Hollywood esque glamorized, you know, Green Street elite, yeah. where you know they think that you know football fans are nothing but just hooligans. So I got that the first time I did the walk. Um, but one question I wanted to ask Lee was uh, to everyone was, what was your first impressions? Did you go with anybody? Did you have any? Because I went on my own. I wanted to just experience it on my own. I travelled there completely on my own. So how south did I've you ever... find it? How yeah, furthest south I've it? ever been. <laughs> <laughs> how did you find it, Deke? Obviously, you're on your own. You've you've met. Yeah, I was I was completely on my everybody. own. Um, I was sitting on the train with uh, with my Arsenal shirt and everything, and I just had a you know it was very early. I, I can't. It was like, it was such an early kickoff. I think it was like midday kickoff. 
So it was a re really early start on a Sunday morning. And I was like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And I thought about bringing some friends maybe to sort of accompany me on it. But I thought, you know what? I kind of want to have this journey on my own and experience it on my own so I can sort of take everything in and I don't get distracted with alternative conversations via friends and who already I know. So I kind of just chucked myself in at the deep end. Um, you obviously, you, I think you turned up just as we're about to walk. Um, yeah. I think you were with your little man as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He comes with me on the yeah. ones. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I, the first picture you took is me off to the left-hand side. I always make this joke that I was, I was eating a banana, like you know, awkwardly. <laughs> eating a banana, a man eating a banana in public is always very awkward, anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> it was, it was, um, it was tough. Like, just sort of breaking those barriers. I'm a very confident guy. Why well, I, I seem to come uh, come across confident, considering the stuff that I've done in my past. You know, live radio, live presenting on stage in front of thousands of people. That's that's kind of my bread and butter. I, I I thrive on that. But when it comes to sort of having close and deep personal conversations with people that I've never met before, and I'm completely on my own, and I'm not in my I'm not in my comfort zone. I was I was really sort of like oh, oh I froze. For about 20 minutes, I was just like walking on my own. Didn't know, really know what to do, how to approach a conversation. But I ended up speaking to at least 30 different people in the space of a couple of hours. And I did kind of approach a couple of them, but 90% of them, they approached me because they saw that I was kind of obviously not with anyone and I've not been there before, so they don't recognize me. Um, and they came up to me and just asked me how I was. And they genuinely asked me how I was, as opposed to what, you know, what we were saying, Dave, where they kind of, it's just kind of, uh, you know, a question that you don't really want to hear the answer if it's something negative. And I just felt like, wow, this is, this is something. And I was like, right, I need to find out how to get more involved in this. I went crazy. I was like, right, who's doing this? Who runs it? What's going on? What's the, what's the situation? Oh, we need to, I need to try and sort something out here. Having a chat with Paul um you know uh and saying i need to do an arsenal one i need to do an arsenal one what's going on what's the situation there who's who runs this and i didn't know that lee was there the entire time and who was the man because he's you know he doesn't like he doesn't ever blow his own trumpet about the whole situation um <laughs> and uh you know and i eventually managed to get in contact with him and have a conversation with him and, and here we are um a good six months later um, yeah, it, it was it was a it was a good walk. It was it was fun. I remember bumping into you and talking to you in one of the beer gardens. And yes, the beer garden. Had, yeah, and I was talking was... to uh, I can't remember his name now. He's got like he's a nutter. He's like it's it was freezing cold. He's wearing three quarter lengths, and he's got like a Mohican and stuff. I can't remember his oh, name now. Paul. 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 Oh, it's yeah. another Paul. Another Paul. Um, yeah. and I was really having a chat nice with player. him. Um, and everything like that. And uh, you popped over. And yeah. Uh, yeah, but it was it was powerful, man. It was powerful. Yeah, it, was, it was really it was emotional. It was emotional as well. Really emotional. I, I I think obviously with with men's mental health, obviously doing this for five years, it's been very time consuming. And you're battling against every element, and when people don't want to listen and people don't really uh, understand or care, um, it's really hard to keep the morale up and keep going and keep pushing yourself to to achieve what you believe. Is the right thing um but it's it's amazing to hear everybody's stories of how they come across it and their thoughts and feelings regarding it to me it, it just blows me away and everybody has a story as to um why they come and every story is totally totally um 
equal to everybody else's story. You know, we all come at it at a different angle, and I'm just so thankful to have such amazing people around me that I class as really, really, really close friends. I'm, I'm in contact with most people on here daily, um, and it, it's, it's really humbling to, to see, you know, when the shit was down for me and seeing so many people wanting to help each other out, it, it just makes so, 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 so happy. We, we can achieve something together um obviously what what deacon said deacon's question was um sorry deacon you went on a little bit i can't remember what you said uh, what i was. said uh what was your first was impression <laughs> yeah what was your first yeah. impressions um why did you you know what was your first impressions did you because i obviously i went on my own and i deliberately went on my own did you go with anybody what was your how did you find it on your first experience oh if i if i we can jump in on that one. Oh, we've got yeah no sorry um, I was going to say, I thought mine was quite really funny because I just finished off one of our busiest days of the year at work, um, left straight from work to get the train from Reading. Um, and I remember it absolutely dropping with rain. First bit of rain I think we'd had for ages, absolutely dropping it. And this we're thinking, we're, we're, we're going to walk in this now. How, how many miles? Um, got off the train, trying to get, get to the, the pub for the meetup. And there was me and um, a guy called Dan. Both of us had pretty much half the kitchen sink in our backpacks right, um, you think i'm joking when he says this dan is nicknamed action dan it was unbelievable it was i've never seen anything like it, it oh, mate, I, sean carry on mate it yeah. was just so but both of us finally got our sat navs going and got got to the pub i think we were the last two there to join up and it was just so funny because i think half the group thought that we were all together um, well, us two were together because we'd obviously come together. We we're both carrying massive bags, um, and I just remember getting there and just you felt welcome straight out. Um, everybody said hello, and as you as you can imagine, you, you got to feel comfortable if you know you're going to spend a good few hours with these guys. Um, but even then, um, you sort of you don't realise until you do one of these walks. I mean, we walked for I think it was seventeen hours. On that one, um, the 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 Fulham to Reading, um, and for me, I, mental health when I first started, it was just oh, it's depression, it's anxiety. No, it's not just those mental health conditions. There are so many others, and they're, the, the stories that we heard from the others in the group opened your eyes to actually. I think we touched on it earlier, learning how to listen. Um, you may not understand the the actual conditions so well. But being able to listen and understand different angles of what could be the case and what what could work with different scenarios and just sharing those stories, um, which, which has really helped um, sort of keep in touch with those guys, especially in these sort of lockdown conditions. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, I think um, had it not been for the group, I think I would have really struggled um, during these lockdown. It's like I've keep reiterating i was on the phone to sean the other day for was it three four hours about three and a half yeah yeah and it was it, we could have gone on for another three and a half it was just it was it's, it's just lovely to hear so many so many people but uh andrew oh well let's go dave dave um same question applies to you yeah sure so i think when i first heard about it i Quite like you, Dick, so I'm outwardly confident, inwardly crap myself when I get into group situations <laughs> and have to 
have to force myself to get out and none of my friends would agree with that statement but it is the case mm-hmm. like you have to go on the offensive but my dad actually um wanted to come along as well and i said yes like I, my dad is kind of the world to me like we're really really close um but one of the lessons i learned as i was coming through my recovery was number one be more selfish number two was to stop caring what other people think and that includes my closest family so i had to change my mindset there and then which is he's going to hear stuff he probably doesn't want to hear but who cares like this is about me being able to relay my story to other people to help with like my own development um but also to use my ears and mouth in equal proportion so listen more than talk and spend that time really getting to understand other people who may not be at the same part of the journey that I was at the time that I went along for the walk. So I probably didn't speak to 30, 40 people, probably only really spoke to two or three people, but for a very long time. And um, once we got over that initial hump of getting to know each other, then like, the conversations we had were just incredible. They People just really admitting stuff that I don't know that they'd ever admitted to anyone else before. And that for me was the the thing I got out the most is when you do put yourself in a position where you're willing to listen and not necessarily talk, people just open up. Um, and it was just unbelievable, just really left feeling like it was an uplifting day. Um, it felt like I'd gained a lot from it, um, even though I went there to really help other people. Like what I took out of it was, was just, why am I not talking more? And... I take that into my personal life now, whether it's work, personal relationship, just lay it all out. Who cares what other people think? Just lay it out. I can guarantee they'll help out. Mate, I I can't Can't come back with that. I can't argue with that (laughs) at all. Um, I think I've perfectly put it, if I'm honest. Um, I think reaching out and helping other people is key to helping yourself as well, having an understanding. We go back to what we said, empathy. Empathy is a wonderful thing understanding that people are struggling and you can be the absolute change that they need uh, someone to talk to someone to understand what they're they're fighting against and to do that in a, in a football setting against rival fans is generally just truly something that is not heard of you know if we if Fulham fans and Palace fans started fighting I guarantee you it'd be on the in the newspaper be on the six o'clock news it'd be on match of the day it'd be all over the country but we walked together in solidarity for men's mental health and only BBC, I, uh, no, ITV London took it up. Um, well, the world's goes, changing right now, Lee. The world's changing hopefully, in every single form, right? Now this is the time where we, we push it home. Uh, hopefully we, we, we achieve what we need to achieve and save lives and be a massive difference and a, a guidance to people and help people which uh, are in a situation where they, they, they feel there's no hope. Um, Andrew, same question yeah. to you. Well, the, the question, I mean, it was, it was a bit different for me. I mean, I'm very fortunate that I haven't really suffered in any way, shape or form with mental health issues. So I wasn't doing it for myself or for, for me to talk to people. But I do remember it was a bitterly cold day that day we walked from Fulham to, to Southwest. <laughs> but we'd agreed, or most of the Palace fans, I think, had agreed to meet... Is it the rocket on yeah. Putney Bridge? Yeah, the rocket, yeah. Um, so I went in, well, I'm, I'm, I travelled up to London with Paul. We met at a 
check with Andy Lucy at Waterloo and travel down to, uh, to Putney. Um, expecting to see maybe three or four faces that I recognised, but walking into the pub, there was quite a, I'd say 10, 15, 20 people that I recognised. People that I really knew well that I hadn't expected to see were there as well. So it was a, it was a good bunch of people. Um, we, we all sat down, had breakfast together, and I think we were all quite excited about what was going on, because for us, it was the first time that we'd we joined you, Lee. Yeah. I know you, you'd done many before that. Yeah. Um, but I think going back to what Dave said, the biggest thing is listening to people and asking open questions so that the conversation carries on. Um, and so I really was a listener on that first walk. I wasn't talking because I say, I, I'm very fortunate not to have suffered um from any mental health problems so far maybe i will in the future i don't know but i was it was it was that listening to people and certainly from that first walk we had a, a twitter group um and the follow on in the next couple of weeks some of the stories that people felt even more brave to talk about because they knew who they were talking to and they could put faces to it it really shook me how so low people had been. And I just wanted then to get involved in the next one and try and do my bit to, to listen, to help, to encourage, to be a, an ear for somebody to, to talk to, to let people know that if they needed to, to pick up the phone, that I'd be willing to listen. Um, and I suppose that to me has been the, the, the overriding thought is that I want people to know a bit like you said Lee that you're, you're there to listen you're there to, to, to be on the end of the phone um, and that's that's the same message I'd like to get out to people no I, t I totally agree with you there Andrew I think that's just again those amazing words to to me is as as Sean has figured out when he Sean's done two of the long walks with us and I don't the, do short ones they don't like it, mate. You don't <laughs> like it. But you've done the Chesterfield to Notts County, which uh, we alluded to in a couple of episodes ago about the hills and Dan and his magical legs. And it's only one hill. It's only yeah. one hill. Yeah, there was more one hills than anything. Constant hill. <laughs> but I, I, I remember what was it? It was about five o'clock in the morning, and it was it was quite cold, and I think that. Uh, fatigue was kicking in and this is where you see a unique side of everybody everybody just kind of picks up and everybody gets with each other and everybody kind of mucks in when someone's down everybody mobilizes to help that person and you know we're not crossing the line until we all cross the line and that 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 was as echoed in every walk every long walk i've ever done it's it's been an absolute like eye opener to me and what you said there, Andrew, regarding people opening up and <clears throat> I've heard of there was one lad, the Birmingham City fan, he um he opened up, he never spoke about anything and opened up to me. I've never met him before, never spoken to him. We had a few conversations on social media, but apart from that, nothing. And we had a chat outside the hotel we were staying in for the last leg of our walk from Fulham to Birmingham and he was opening up to me and I 
it was just unbelievable. He didn't know me from Adam. And that, that, that again, it was so powerful to me that someone that I've never met before can open up and be honest with me and just, just talk about their own problems. It just blew me away. It just, I, I find that it just very, very proud, very proud and very, hum, not, not very, very proud in the sense that when I needed it, no one was there. But then to, to give people an opportunity to do what I wanted to happen to me, to give them an opportunity, just just really changes everything for me. Um, Lee, I just want to. Can, say, I, can I jump yes, in, there, mate? Because yes, what you just said there was the most important thing for me. Right, you were saying there that people are scared to talk, and they don't want to look stupid in front of their friends or their family, or weak. Mm -hmm. And this is why what you're doing is so powerful and which is why I strongly want to keep being a part of this is because this whole setup is about saying, don't care who you are, you have a safe place to come and have a conversation and be vulnerable. Right? If you want to stay in contact after, you can do that. If you just want to take what you can and leave, fantastic. But as long as you have the opportunity to speak and vent and have that very first conversation, that's where you are so powerful in what you're doing. And I applaud you massively for it. No, it's, it's, it's not me. To me, um, I've, I've got strength from everybody. Um, everybody that's you, Dave, Andrew, Sean, you know, everybody, all three of you, all, well, all four of you, so different in every way, shape and form. Um, had it not been for this, I don't think I would have met I would say about 90% of the people. And I think that goes to show that together we are all so strong and exactly, and collectively, I've, I've, I've collectively massively. And I, I'm so thankful to have you all by my side and kind of hearing to what I'm and adhering to what I'm saying and understanding that this is something that is very unique and something that can change lives. And obviously Andrew going on to do his, um, mental health training the first aid training is just absolutely blew my mind it's just i just i, I just felt so proud i felt i felt like a, a parent like he was my child going off to do something so special you know it was it was but just as I, said, I said before lee i wouldn't have done it if i hadn't met you and done the first walk and talk so you you should be proud and if if i can yeah. do anything to to help a single person that's down to you mate okay it's me as well, but I wouldn't have been in that position to help if yep. you hadn't started the initiative. So you should be proud because it is a pure outcome from what you started. Def definitely. It's something that I'm not going to give on it. I give up on, you know, I spent my well, last five years passionately fighting for the cause and trying to understand and trying to get random supporters of different clubs involved and it, it does take its toll and it does take a lot of, lot of lot of time and effort um but would you i'm going to ask you probably all a final question um would you join another walk and would you recommend another well would you recommend it to a power if you were thinking about coming would you say to a power come along and let's talk I'll jump in first if I can. Sorry, guys, because um, yes. I've got something on my mind. Um, in that regard, the reason why I wanted to, the reason why I went on my own is one, as I said, I wanted to experience it on my own. But um, when it comes to close friends, especially guys, 
I've had loads of friends come and go in my life. And at, at the tender age of 33 now, I can pretty much count all of my close friends on, you know, at least maybe three fingers. Do you know what I mean? I, you know, three or four fingers at best. Not uh, maybe just one hand, but, you know, you know what I mean? Well, you know what I'm kind of getting at. But the, the, the idea is all those friends I've had over all, the, all of these years, I, there's, there's never really been any times where I've actually spoken openly about thoughts and feelings. It's kind of just talking about drinking, football, video games, <laughs> girls, um, and, uh, and everything in between. The idea of having a conversation, I think about it now, like, if, if you know, all of the friends that I, you know, I don't really talk too much anymore, but I still class them as friends. And because I was so close to them, because we lived so close over a period of like five years, thinking about maybe having a conversation with them, I just can't do it. I can't do it. I think there's literally maybe a couple of male friends that I actually speak to about my thoughts and feelings. And even then, it's only about when, when shit's got real bad. I mean, like, it's gone over the edge. Something serious has happened. I then reach out. It's not like I reach out before it gets bad. So when it comes to uh, in inviting friends to the experience, I I'd love to. But unfortunately, I'm not I, I wasn't I, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly getting into that world of being able to talk about it and stuff and, and having friends that are actually open about talking about thoughts and feelings. But I would love to invite friends, but I just I've never been in that position in my life where I can feel like I can invite friends and family about that sort of stuff. Um, so I would love to I'm 100 percent. Obviously, I'm still here um, in regards to the walking and talking and sitting talking. And I'd love to do another walk and I'd love to do it. I'd love to do a long walk. Um, um, yeah, no, I know. I know. No. Sean, I'm looking at Sean here. We're, 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 what was it? We're doing Chesterfield to Notts County. Haven't we? We've got the return leg to do. We've got to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, I want to do, I want it. I was planning it before this, all this went down, you know, all the coronavirus went down and stuff like that. I was talking to you, Lee, um, trying to mm. figure out when I could possibly do a longer walk. Um, that wouldn't, cause obviously I, I work, um, I don't work normal hours. I'm self-employed, so I work all the time or none at all. So if I can take work, I'll take it. But if I haven't got any work, then I can do a walk. So I don't have I've I haven't had a normal nine to five job since I was 22. Do you know what I mean? So to be able to plan something like that is very difficult for me. But I want to do a long walk, 100 percent. So yes to, yes to the <laughs> yes to the question of me doing a walk again. Yes, but I'm being very open about the trials and tribulations of men talking about thoughts and feelings. Yeah, um, friends and so I, forth. Maybe would they do, do I, you feel your friends will judge you? Uh, I don't if... think they'll judge. I just don't think they'll want to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't think they'll want to deal with it. Like I have an old friend who I don't really talk to anymore and he's going through some really tough times, but he's pushed me away in so many different ways that I, I can't help him anymore. I want to help. And I love him to pieces, but he's pushed me away in so many different ways. And he's got so many different ideas of how he sees the world. And he sees me as maybe one of those problems to the world. Cause I might not sit, I might not think of him, uh, sit, think of things exactly the way that he does. And, yeah. and because I don't, he can't see past me being that real close friend anymore. So I've kind of had to accept and it upsets me to think, that I'm not that friend anymore like I used to be because we've all grown up. We met each other early 20s. You know, we've known each other 10 plus years. But you change over time. As you grow older, you change. 
you you have new life experiences you uh you experience things differently and and, and you you meet new people in your life and you grow and you change over time and sometimes you grow apart yeah. and there's some people that i would love to help but i feel like they once again it's that thing of they don't want to help themselves yeah. and there's only so much i can do and i'd love to be there but there's only so much i can do so i don't think it's a judgment thing like i know my t i know one of my closest friends we've t we've spoken about feelings a lot but i think we only speak about feelings once we've had a drink yeah that's always drink plays a part doesn't it it's it's, it's quite if it, it always with with us men dave i'm gonna ask you the same question um would you, well, would i you think come? just to touch on dick's point just then like i've i've definitely been through similar places with friends i think yes you do absolutely grow like the one thing i've learned from myself not from other people is the, you're only willing to talk when you're ready and you're only really willing to do something about it when you're ready so that keeping that conversation going just checking in how are you mate like non-stop actually there'll be a point where your mate will say yeah actually i need some help and i have had that with so many friends since i've had my situation i've been completely open who have come out with all kinds of different problems from addictions to anxiety and they've started to talk about it and they've been able to deal with it over time but i'm talking years so it's coming up to five years since i basically tried to commit suicide and like that's a landmark for me but it's only really in the last couple of years that some of my friends have started to come out to me and start helping themselves so it isn't a quick fix and things will take time which is 100 percent why i would always come on these walks if i got get the chance to so yeah, yeah i'd love to come on more I, I i totally agree with you i think when it all started this for me um obviously well i'm not gonna go through it all again but in one of the archives is talking about how we how walker talk was formed and i think what gave me the big kick up the ass was i felt i was alone i felt i was the only one that was suffering i felt like my whole world was crumbling around me and everybody else seemed to be fine and i didn't understand what was going on why is this happening to me 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 why me what, what's going on surely what, what, what i was so confused as to all these feelings and then i spoke out about things i found calm i spoke out about things and the amount of messages i got even one from my best pal like my best pal, me, me and him are closer than me and my brother. Like literally, me and him lived in each other's pockets growing up. My best pal in all the world. And he opened up to me for the first time after I opened up. And it, it just, I thought to myself, if us two ain't talking, then who the fucking hell is talking? Right. Well, we got to change this. And that's where football come in. And I just went, us lads like football. Us lads are struggling. Us lads need people to talk to. Us lads can do this. And, you know, we ain't got no big corporation sponsors or anything. We don't want nothing like that. We want, to be honest, clean cut and there for each other. Um, great point, Dave. Sorry, mate. <laughs> just, no, no, can, I, can, I add, can I add something? Yes, Andrew, go for it, mate. Both, both Deacon and Dave have sort of touched on talking to friends, but I would say massively that the people that opened up to me the most on the walk and talks are people that I didn't really know. Yeah. So... They were talking to possibly a face that they recognised, but I wouldn't have said before any of them started opening up to me. We'd had conversations before. So 
It is about the timing, I think, and it is about, as Dave said, to keep asking the questions. One time, it would be the time they want to talk. Mm -hmm. But I think more often than not, as, as Deacon alluded to, it's very difficult to talk to family. It's very difficult to talk to close friends. But certainly it's a little bit easier to open up to a stranger who isn't judging you, who's being empathetic, who's listening, who's not, doesn't know the background, and so isn't making a judgment. So I think it, it, even that side of it, that you're giving people the opportunity to talk to strangers in a, a relatively or in a very friendly environment. It's not as if for them it's a plea for help with a call to calm or a call to Samaritans. It just it's a conversation, it's a chat. Mm. And I think that's a real huge benefit of walk and talk. And it's extremely massively the reason why I will do more and I will encourage more people to do it Lee. I'm looking forward to taking you on a long walk, Andrew. Really well said, Andrew. Well, I did say to you last year that if uh, if Brighton had got relegated and Cardiff had stayed up, I would have done Sellers to Cardiff with you. You did say that. You did say that. I, I think it's, it's a great point for the championship. Oh, that's hurtful. That's hurtful. That's hurtful. That's hurtful. It's a good job we're all friends here, I tell you. <laughs> I did people going off. And the press will get what they want. Um, but no, for a very, very, very good point, Andrew. You know, it is... It's giving people a space where they can open up and talk and, f and feel people understand and people have empathy towards them. Uh, obviously, on these walks, uh, smaller walks, you've got four or five hours, three hours, two hours, an hour. Obviously, on the long walks, you're doing all night. So you're, you're going to get used to each other very, very quickly, whether you like it or not. If you've got a problem with someone, then you've got a problem with them. You've just got to let it ride, man. And... It comes on to a lovely good friend of mine, Sean. Sean, would you like yeah. to answer the question? Um, can I say no? <laughs> <laughs> um, you just don't no. want to go on a long walk. I thought you liked it. Uh, no, it also is just, I think me, me and Lee have spoken too many times now about this. Um, yeah, um, easily I'd like to go on another one. I, my second one, which was the uh, Chesterfield to Nottingham one, mm -hmm. um, it actually turned out to be a really good time for me because I started to go down a bit and in my mental health at the time, I was starting to really struggle, feel a bit out of place. I still didn't know who to turn to, to speak to, to try and sort of sort myself out. Um, and it comes to going on the walk, which actually coincided with a, a rare visit to my parents, uh, which was always a, a good thing for me as well, because it's a break. But went and did the walk, and I just remember about two in the morning, absolutely breaking down. Um, I had a stinking migraine, I was half asleep, was really really struggling and I think I had about three or four people straight out are you okay what can they do to help um, and it just then sobered, sobers you up to um, sort of realize just how important that that is and that time on those walks you don't know them you may never speak to them again it's highly unlikely um, <laughs> but you know that they are there um, and I, I think we alluded to there you, you don't tend to speak to your family members too much about your, your mental health. Um, I've got a family member. It's taken them many, many years to actually get to the point where they're actually getting the professional help that they needed. Um, so they've, they've, they've suffered for all these years um, and they're finally sort of t talking about it. And uh, even now, even with that, they still won't open up with a lot of it. 
Yeah. Um, myself, um, say after the first walk swell, I ended up splitting up with one of my childhood friends um, purely because it, it turned into the point where I felt like it was a really toxic environment to be in and I needed to to break away from that. Um, really wasn't nice. Uh, known the, the person for many years. Um, I think as Deke says, now I've got some really good close friends, probably all on the same hand. Um, and yeah, the, the guys within this walk, there's, there's a good handful of them that I speak to at least twice a week um, on different levels um, about different things, different interests. And I think that's the other great thing as far as when you do go on these walks, you have got football that's your main interest. You don't touch certain subjects because they're taboo. Um, but, but otherwise, game. Yeah. yeah, everything else you get to is, know the is individual. Fine. Yeah, um, it's only when somebody called Lee starts sprouting out at Brexit at like <laughs> six, <laughs> ten in the morning when you're really tap tired. I um, thought it was KS, <laughs> KSI. I thought me and you had a KSI thing. You know, it was. I remember that when you when you when you had your headache. I think we uh, stopped off at the pub where the car traffic accident was. Um, we stopped down and I, I believe I put my arm around you was that maybe we're gonna do this this is gonna be great we're gonna do it and before we know it we'd be in Nottingham and we saw the signs for Nottingham and a little Robin Hood dance and so forth uh, yeah. to keep the morale up and it, it was I think we all suffered at some point in that walk I think but then it goes to show the, the rallying around each other and helping each other this this is the whole purpose of it when you're when you're down on your luck you know, reaching your hand out and giving it to someone that you don't know is yeah. so, so vital and understanding and being there for them. Exactly. I mean, there's people um, from that walk that I met for the first time that I've spoken to quite extensively over this week um, who have been going for a really, really hard time. Um, and again, I've probably not done anywhere near as much as I would like to. Um, but I think, again, there's still so much to learn about the these sort of things. And, um, again, Andrew's doing that course. It is really inspiring. It's something I've got a film we might have mentioned, actually, on the WhatsApp group because it was something yeah. I, I think I sort of was looking at potentially doing, but it's just not something that's appropriate at the time due to commitments. Um, I'd and it's definitely highly recommend it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely needed. It's really, really well organised, well run, um, and I think I, I mean my company paid for it. So I think with this sort of corporate social responsibility being much, much higher on the agenda these days, a lot of people could probably go to their HR department and say, "Is there any chance that you might think about sponsoring some mental health first aiders in the office?" Yeah, I, I think it's a very good call. You know, it's is something mm. so simple. Um, if well, I think we, I think we're coming to an hour now. God, that's gone quick, isn't it? That's it happens, really, man. It really happens. Really quick. But I've yeah. just had a, a well, nice first, little message. The first fifteen minutes, I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Neither did we, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but I've had a nice message from Luke Chadwick, the former Man United player. Um, so hopefully, we can get him on very soon. Um, so fingers crossed for that. Uh, but, but lads, I can't, I can't thank you all enough, Dave. Um, I, I need to speak to you a little bit more. But yes, we 
just keep in contact, pal. Oh, thank you so much for coming on and explaining why. And you, Andrew, as always, mate, you're always a pleasure. Always good to see you your lovely mate. face. And as Sean, it's always good to see you in that dodgy shirt of yours. <laughs> What's that little white thing you wear? Well, we're the best team in the championship, so don't you start. So, people, if you can, subscribe. Please like. Please share with your friends. Let's let's start making a difference and being positive and reaching out and helping each other. Deacon, you've been a pleasure as always, buddy. Uh, I, just... I tell you what, um, I just want to say one final thing. I love having conversations with ex-professional football players um, or current or whatever, hopefully in the future, mm. whatever. But And uh, that's great and everything. And I love doing that because you get a real good insight I was obviously as i said at the start of the of the of the pod i said about the 180 production company that uh, marvin sordell um started and we had a chat with him obviously last week and i can't wait to the production where he's going to be very open they're going to be very open uh, about what happens behind closed doors when it comes to professional football but these are the pods that i look forward to the most real hard-hitting conversations where we're being where we've we've i've never met you guys and you're being so open, Dave, very open about what you went through five years ago. And I already, you know what I mean? I'm already getting quite emotional about it all. It's a, it's all a bit silly, really, to be honest with you. I've never met you and I'm already a bit emotional about it. I'm like, oh, man, that's really shit. Um, and uh, and Sean talking about it, you know, his experience and the fact that Andrew's just, just, such, a, just such a tank about it all. He's like, I've got this, man. You know, and maybe I, guy, luckily man. I've not had to go through this sort of stuff, but I'm still going to try and help people. You know, if you normally if you don't if you're not going through it yourself, then what, why would you care? But it says a lot about Andrew and his character. Um, so definitely, these these definitely. are the conversations that I I get really ha like not happy. I get happy about it, but I'm also like an emotional happy. So I there's been moments through the last hour where I've gotten gotten a bit because <clears throat> it's just been a powerful conversation. It's been a fantastic conversation. Um, three wonderful lads, apart from Lee um and uh, we've we've had some great conversations and we've been really open and and hopefully we've helped someone maybe get to the point where we go maybe i can talk to somebody about this maybe yeah, i can definitely. these guys definitely. have done it these guys have done it through nothing they don't know each other and or, or i didn't know you guys and whatever and when we're open to talk about it maybe i can do the same and it's not confidential it's all confidential exactly what lee will tell me i won't tell deke and exactly so on um so lee could tell you tell two different stories sure and that's um, up to him we would we wouldn't know any different and yep. th no, that that is the key thing on it as well but i also go like to just before we go just reiterate what deacon said you know i like the fact that i've met everybody we've chatted to on here uh but deacon hasn't Deacon hasn't so hence the reason why when we can we've got to go table seat football club we're going to have that drink up we're going to meet Everybody's going to meet face to face, which I think will be unbelievable. Put put names to faces and yep. be a absolute positivity. But till next time, people, you lot have been amazing. I, I generally can't thank you all enough for taking your time out for this evening to to have a chat. But till next time, people, please subscribe. Please look after yourself. Please keep safe. And if you can help someone, please do. Till next week. See you later. Thanks very much, chaps. Cheers, guys. We're here. We're